0: Hold that please Level 5 Thank you Ah you must be one of our new interns
1: Yeah hi Nice to meet you
0: Hi Now the most important thing to know Is to Ertz in the bypassal Rise plug sale
1: The most important thing is what? Sorry
0: The single most important thing Is to Ertz in the Channelized Bingbingus At the bypassal Rise plug sale And you'll be fine
1: Err uh, yeah That sounds important Does
2: work chattel sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community
3: to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both,
2: Hello and uh, welcome to Following on County Cricketer. I'm John Norman from Talk Sport, alongside Nick Friend, George DeBell from The Cricketer Magazine and uh, also Steve Harmison, two-time Ashes winner, two-time County Championship winner. And uh, we are looking back at all the action from that, the County Championship and ahead to the final round of fixtures for May, a month hiatus uh, well, before the County Championship. But that doesn't mean we've got plenty uh, to talk about. Uh, the England squad named... But uh, we are recording uh, one day before it has been, so we're going to do a little bit of guesswork um, ahead of that, as well as casting right eye over the notable moments, and there were quite a few from the county championship. You're listening on uh, Talk Sport 2 or uh, on the Following On podcast. Thanks for joining us here on Following On, County Cricketer. Let's get on with the show. First off, as mentioned in the intro, we are recording this before the England squad has been announced for that first test match against New Zealand at Lord's. But we're going to give a a couple of predictions about who we think is going to make the uh, 17-man squad. I think it is. Uh, Either way, you can find out uh, very shortly whether uh, we guessed correctly or uh, whether there was a complete unknown brought in. The other big news just announced is that Tom Harrison has uh, stepped down from the ECB. George DeBell... Where do we start? First things first, I suppose, how will we look back at his reign, essentially? Um, what, what will be the, uh, the highlights and what will be the lowlights from um, his period at the top of English cricket?
4: He reminds me a little bit of someone who maybe scored a century on debut or a double century even on debut and then uh, the rest of their career was awful. Uh, in that, he bought in that uh, broadcast deal, huge broadcast deal, pretty early in his tenure, which... You know, it was uh, very, very valuable to the game in lots of positive ways. So, uh, and there were other pluses, actually. You know, England did win the World Cup on his watch. You know, he has to take some credit for that, I think. And equally, actually, they got through COVID okay in lots of ways. You know, they didn't have the financial meltdown that could have happened and seems to have happened a bit more elsewhere. So he deserves some credit for that as well at the same time despite all the money that's come in. I'm not sure they've ever been in so much financial plight. I'm not sure there's ever been so much debt. There was They'd spent the money before COVID. Uh, there's obviously an inclusion and diversity crisis. That happened on his watch. and It isn't completely his fault, obviously, but I think the ECB had turned a blind eye to it for decades, really. Uh, and I think he probably leaves the game as divided as it's been in a long time. I mean, I didn't live through the sort of Packer years... But certainly this century, uh, and maybe for a lot longer than that, I I don't recall the game being quite as divided. And a lot of that, I I think, is probably due to the 100. But with the 100 and the inclusion crisis uh, together, I think you see a game that is at something of a crisis point. And he leaves it, you know, in a bit of a mess. There's no chair, there's no chief exec lined up. I generally think his heart's in the right place. He definitely meant well on the inclusion issue. But he proved uh, unable to do a lot to help. And, and it does leave a bad taste in the mouth that, you know, the ECB made huge scale redundancies cut across the game. And he took a whopping bonus uh, a few weeks ago. and it, You know, he leaves, what, two or so months after he's had his bonus. That leaves a bit of a bad taste in my mouth. But, you know, people have different views. It's not a black and white picture. There were successes on his watch, but I hope that uh, we've learned from it, really, and I hope that the the way things are done in future is very, very different. Um, and uh, whoever comes in has a hell of a job. Whoever the chair and chief exec are, they they have a really, really, really difficult job to uh, try and unite the game.
2: Would it also be fair to say that the women's game has come on leaps and bounds under his uh, tenureship? Should he not take some credit for that? And also in regard to the hundred. Would you also agree it's probably too early to make judgment on the success of that tournament? And actually, in a weird way, his, uh, his tenure will be really judged in maybe five to ten years. Maybe it's, it's obviously maybe a little bit too early to do so today.
4: Well, there's a lot in there. Right? There's a lot in there. Is it too early to judge? You know, will it take five or ten years? Possibly. Yeah, I mean, we always look back with hindsight and more wisdom and knowledge. So sure. Is it too early to judge the 100? It depends what you mean. As a cricket competition, it works. Uh, it's been very expensive, and I haven't been very honest about the costs. Don't think it's too early to conclude that. And it's been very divisive. I don't think it's too early to uh, conclude that. Whether it's been a, a tool to make more people fall in love with the game, I, I think is the, is the you know fair debate, because it certainly has up to a point. You know, Some people who weren't watching cricket before are. Well, that's a big tick. And it was good for the women's game, which goes back to your earliest question. I, I, all the thing I'd argue about that is, you know, there the was a Kia Super League before the 100. They did get rid of it. It, it was almost like, you know, sinking a ship so that I, they could say, here's the lifeboat. And uh, has the women's game has come on a bit under his tenure. That is definitely true. I think that they, the foundations for that were put in a little while before. Actually, you'd have to give Giles Clark some credit there. Uh, and, and has it progressed as quickly as it might have done? I don't know, debatable. So, uh, you, you know, all these things you say, there are lots of shades of grey. Um, and I, I don't have yes, no answers to to any of it. But I, I would say that the, that the progress that was made often came at the cost of progress elsewhere. And the thing that was most important with the 100 the was that there were double headers. Well, that became, that was actually a bit of a an accident, wasn't it? But it was because of Covid. And it worked an absolute treat. So there are things we can learn from that, certainly. Uh, and you, you know, while I have a lot of reservations, obviously about the 100, I wouldn't dispute for a second that it was kind of good for the women's game, with the caveat I already gave, and that there were people in cricket grounds that we hadn't seen before. Again, I'd say that you just needed to put some cricket on free-to-air, really, and people fall in love with it because it's a great bloody game. Uh, so having not done that for years and years, I'm not sure they deserve huge amounts of credit for finally throwing us a scrap. But, um, y- you know, people have different views on that. And, and, we're, and we're talking, you know, I've only known this news for half an hour. Uh, so I, I don't know whether I'm being fair or even if I'm sitting on the fence too much. I, I, I don't know. But those are some views off the top of my head.
2: How would you compare the uh, the county championship at the start of Tom Harrison's uh, Rain, Nick, compared to where it is now, and actually, do you think there's been, you know, do you think he's had much, much to do with its successes or failures or stagnation or otherwise?
5: In answer to the last bit, n- no. I, I think regarding the successes, I don't think I'm trying to think of where Tom Harrison's been would have been particularly involved in in any of the stuff that's sort of gone on within the actual domestic four-day stuff for the last what is it eight years? I think isn't it? I guess there's bits around the schedule that have meant different, but you know, different competitions we play at different times, and that, that he will have impacted on. But I mean, but yeah, I can't think Tom Harris would have had much of a positive impact, let's say, on on the way the County Championship has worked in in recent years. But then I don't know if that's that's not particularly being that's, that's not necessarily being critical of him because I don't know if that's under his remit. But I mean, sort of directly, would that not be more of a? I don't know. Is that where Neil Snowball comes into it and the and the guys and the in the counter chairs and. You know how I guess how much I guess the question I'd ask, throw it back at you rather really is, is how much we say the the CEO is really, you know, giving directly into into the championship, the All London Cup, and, and those, those kind of things. Especially when we know how, I guess how big an impact he's had specifically on the hundred. So that is I appreciate not not much of an answer, but um, but yeah. So I, like, I mean, George says he's known this for half an hour. I've known this for about <laughs> for about twelve minutes. So
2: well, in essence, in essence, you could say that his. Input with the hundred has had a has had a drastic effect on the county championship and the royal. Yeah, they're
5: the, the hundreds. They're the hundreds a year old. So I wouldn't want to, uh, did talk of the hundred beforehand to have an impact on the county championship. I don't. I don't think. I don't think it's. I'm not sure that's fair to say. I mean, I think certainly Tom Harrison's tenure has seen a, a drastic sort of collapse in the test team in recent years, hasn't it? But so I guess that all aligns. And and obviously Tom Harrison to in 2014, which was sort of the the beginning of. That well, I guess the beginning of that phase after the Andy Flowering and and you know that that great team of 2011 that kind of thing and, and obviously just after the fall of of that side as well so unquestionably there's been an enormous downturn in results for, for the test team since then but then again under Trevor Bayliss England were England are beaten at home but
4: I have got to say they went within a win of being... Number one in the world, didn't they? If they, if that, that, uh, Pakistan, yeah, yeah, beat them at the oval, is that right? And uh, Pakistan went to number one in the world instead. I think that was a, a shootout for that
5: position. And you'd also say that it's worth bearing in mind, given all the stuff that's happened the last year, that, you know, Chris Silverwood's first year as test coach was not, was not all bad either. So, you know, I'd be wary of taking this one win in 17 or 18, whatever it is, and saying, and, and, you know, sort of casting that over a seven-year period. Because actually, they're not been bad at Red Bull cricket through all of it. Um, and nor would I say, a lo- and, and I think nor would a lot of people who watch the county championship and a lot of county fans say that the county championship has been a particularly bad product in that time. I think certainly the white ball focus that, that, in, that, you know, that brought a World Cup, the best team in the world, a team that's the envy of, you know, the rest of the cricketing world, uh, a women's World Cup as well, of course, worth saying, in 2017 did you know did that balance get was that balance quite right probably not by the end but but you know did it achieve a lot of what it set out to do in terms of the white ball stuff i, th- I think that's pretty hard to argue with so i think ultimately the quite i think people look back at the balance when they say so the balance just purely looking at results and where these two teams sit now and you've got a test you know a test team that is in the right is in this rut and a, and a white and a white ball team that isn't you know that is Stacked full of options and guys who can't get near it, who would previously have been staples of it. You know that something's obviously gone wrong somewhere. But but yeah, I mean the white ball focus had the results it was after. And but as George said earlier, sort of when we talked about progress at the expense of progress, I guess that we go back to that, don't we? One, one rather came at the expense of the other.
4: Yeah, we've got to be careful not to blame the hundred for everything. Yeah, yeah. Much as I dis, well have have a lot of reservations about the hundred. Uh, the expression I use instead really is the white ball window because uh, personally I wouldn't have cared, genuinely I wouldn't have cared if they had made the T20 competition 100 balls, could live with that, and I wouldn't really have, I, I would have had no fewer uh, problems with it had it been a window for T20 cricket in the middle of the season. As soon as you have a window in the English season, you are prioritising one format over the other, and um, you know, when you ask about the county championship, I think that the very best I could say about Tom Harrison and the county championship is that he was complacent, you know, I'm not having to go at county cricket at all. I think we're making it impossible for the counties to produce the players that uh, England require at test level if you're playing in the margins of the season. But everyone knows all those arguments already, but a lot of those things happened on Tom's watch. I I, I I want to come back on the questions about the women's game as well. The lack of Red Bull cricket, I think, should be a concern it's very difficult there is there is definitely some progress towards uh more professionalism you know there are factually many many more uh professional women's cricketers uh, and you know claire has always been very measured in her reasoning about this in that you have to be realistic about the the rate of progress and the amount that can be paid sometimes it feels a little bit derisory though doesn't it that it 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 does feel that you know that the levels of payment are just enough to say they're doing it without necessarily a 100% committed I don't know, maybe that's harsh but I say again, you know when you're making well uh, 60 odd 65 people redundant when you're cutting budgets for everything when you're paying very very small rates, it, it really does leave a bad taste in the mouth to be taking a huge bonus and walking off into the sunset two months afterwards.
2: Army, I'm not sure if you've got anything to add to that before we get on with the show? No Uh, Pretty much covered the whole lot.
6: Tom Harrison was brought in, I think, mainly to to sort out the the TV deal. That's his background. That was his expertise. He did that. And some will argue that he did it very, very well because of the, the state of the TV deal that they got. Did he have any interest? Well, he would have had interest, but did he have any expertise? And on the cricket side, did he entrust people that he believed that could do the job and they haven't done the job? I don't think you'll, you'll fully know that, but for all the benefits, all the negatives that Tom Harrison's brought into the game from a financial point of view, with George, his last point is the valid point and that's the most important point and that's the point that everybody will remember, making people redundant, you know, cutting costs and walking away with something substantial in your pocket that for me just that just touches anything that he did prior he did uh, positively
4: just one thing that might be of interest is that i believe that he's gone because he couldn't uh, nail down the long term broadcast deal he wanted so there was talk of trying to agree a 10 year broadcast deal and i, I, I think it's faltered and failed and that was his skill wasn't it that was his that was his one remaining really good thing and that has gone and I think it's actually good that it's gone because you are making it desperately difficult for for the new regime that comes in if you've already decided what the next ten-year broadcast deal looks like. Uh, so I think I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but it's um, I, I think that's been a catalyst to his departure. And by the way, this isn't a surprise. I mean, it's a surprise this morning, but I, I, mean, I think we, we've written several weeks ago that he was going to go in June uh, specifically. So, uh, and it's around the time of the AGM. This isn't really a surprise. He was always going to go about now. And we've probably known that for six months.
2: Right, OK. That's not the top line. It's not a moment of the week. The Race to the Lords, Tom Harrison leaving do uh, might, uh, might, be, might be featured later on. But let's get on with the show with uh, The Top Line. The Top Line. Well, guys, runs, runs, and more runs. There was just a couple of results. Uh, the weather intervened, but some big first-inning scores, notably at uh, Beckenham, as predicted by yourself, Nick. Top lines. Let's start with uh, Let's start with you, Nick. Top line from uh, the latest Rounder County Championship.
5: I wanted to say I don't want to go as far as just saying Robson for England and sort of wave the flag and start the campaign, but I did want to say that um, that I've not seen a better opening batter this season I don't think but I've not, I mean in terms of games I've been at, I wasn't at Hove to watch him get a tonne a chase of 370 but I was at Lords um, on a pretty miserable overcast day when it was hooping around corners um, on a pretty lively pitch against Broad, Pattinson, Fletcher who'd not enforced the follow on who had a day and a half to bowl Middlesex out grabbed the rain intervened at the end and killed it but um, Middlesex was 0 for 2 and then 130 for 3 when he when He brought up his 100, and that's not because he was, you know, throwing his bat at everything. He is just a very organized 32 year old opening batter who played for England eight years ago, knows his game far better now than he did then. I don't think he was a bad player then, for what it's worth. I mean, if he averaged, he averaged 30 and a half through seven tests, I mean, if he did that now, they'd have you stuffed, let alone, you know, let, rather than dropped after seven efforts. But um, he's got an international 100, he and he's gone away, and to be honest, he's never really. He's never averaged seventy, which is which is often what you need to do to get into an England team. You just sort of have one big year and they, they jump on you. But he's just been pretty consistent on the hardest decks in the country, year on year. He averaged forty last year. So it was the third top run score in the country playing at Lords, which which is if you speak to some of his teammates, you know quite an achievement in itself. I'm I'm astonished that he wasn't in Australia. Well, he was sorry, he was in Australia, but he was playing grade cricket in Australia. He's Australian. He grew up in New South Wales. He knows the pitches he knows how to open the batting he'd come off the, very, off the back of a very good year and, and yeah England let him play for and Suburbs well they had a bunch of youngsters and the Lions and you know guys sort of being drafted after two, three tests of the Ashes series trying to find trying to find their feet when actually the answer may well have been hiding in plain sight I, I don't know why England are so scared to be able to go back to guys who've gone back into the county game and you know maybe worked out what didn't go you know right the first time, you know, we, we've had this chat before with multiple guys and whether it's yeah, I think it was Dobbs simply last week, wasn't it? Um I, I don't think it, I really don't think it's rocket science with Robson, I just think he's a far more rounded player now than he was then and he wasn't bad then. And you know, if they if there are scouts looking around, if you can do it against Broad and Patterson Patterson on a you know, on a pretty lively track when you're miles behind in the game, that should put you right at the forefront of people's minds. And if it doesn't, I'd I'd be slightly disappointed, I think.
2: Okay, that's the opening uh, opening partner to Alex Lee sorted. Thanks to Nick. Um, well, sorry, I
5: would sorry. May, actually, may I jump in and say I'm going to completely contradict myself and say I think Alex Lee should start because he he started because he he did fine in, in the Caribbean and I think three go three games is never a go and you're never going to get anywhere if that counts constitutes a go. Um, and I would also completely understand if they picked Dom Sibley or even Rory Burns is, you know, I think a lot of people predicted would end this this stretch of games as you know looking like one of the best opens in the country and I think he probably has done that. So I don't think it's hard, a hard and fast case. It's probably quite nice that there is. That there are genuine options um, of guys who are scoring runs, and then you know I'm sure Crawley will be Zach Crawley will be in, will be in thoughts as well because because he got a time in the Caribbean and um, but he's not he's not scored the runs that he I think needed to given the runs that everyone else has scored in in, the, in this last month. So th- that's not to say Robson must open, but I, I do think it. I almost think it, I think it's quite weird that he's not played for eight years to be honest, and I would like him to be given a chance this summer because because he's a he's a pretty I think he's a bloody good player.
2: I oh, mean, what about the bowlers? I imagine your top line might involve uh, a, a player that was uh, and has been your one to watch throughout the summer.
6: Yeah, Nick's going, I'm not gloating. Nick's going, Robson for England. I'm saying Potts for England, but I'll probably come to that when you go to the one to watch at the end. So I'm going to pick a left, a left field top line. He is a bowler. I'm going to say my favourite county cricket top line. What a, what a week he had, Luke Fletcher. opening the bat and got 50. Bat number 11 got 50. He's got wickets for fun. Eight. Yeah. I look at Luke. Hardy, Frank, Hardy, should have seen,
5: you should have seen his run out. Yeah, I can Do imagine it. Yeah. Um, the it was very it was very Flintoff ponting Oval 09 vibes. Yeah, sort of stum- stumbling around the ball at mid on, throwing the stumps down, then having to be chased by
6: his teammates. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I just think he's.
6: I think he. I think he's a brilliant character. Somebody who's obviously never going to get mentioned, sort of for England. i a sorry, Luke, but I'm, I'm a, if I'm a selector, don't think I'm picking you for England. But I think from a dressing room point of view, he must be a joy to play with. He must get up in the morning. He like gets up in the morning, because I've, I've, I've heard him say this. He gets up in the morning. He's thankful for what he's got when he plays cricket for Nottinghamshire. He opens a bowling, opens a bat, batting number 11. And he, he contributes for his team. So as much as I, I, I want to say, I think the top line on a serious note is, is Potts and Parkinson. We put, produce flat wickets. We've got to commend the, the groundsman. Flat wickets, runs for fun for the first four or five rounds of character championships. But a good bowler, somebody with something different, will always take wickets on good wickets. That was Potts and that's Parkinson. And that's why hopefully we'll get a call-up.
2: Brilliant stuff. OK, what about you, George? Um, your top line from the week's uh, action.
4: I can't remember what I wrote to you, if I'm honest, when you asked me before. Um, but I'll tell you, uh, it does seem to me that England have a bit of a ch- uh, choice, although less so because they're almost having to pick everyone with a pulse and bladder control at this stage. But they they almost have a choice between the old and the new. Uh, there's a lot of talk about you know you've got to stick with people. Well, so far the the selections, if if that's what they, that you you'd call them, of the director and uh, coaches have been very bold you know we've got a coach who's never coached Red Bull cricket a captain who's captained one game before a director of cricket who's never been a director of cricket I do mean, you know anything could happen um, I, I thought a lot of what I've just heard was really really interesting I agree about Luke Fletcher it's a really nice story uh, from a guy who's had to work really hard he's a skillful cricketer gives it his all a lot of fun to watch don't see him as a realistic England um, contender but uh, Alex Lees is an interesting one I think he averaged 21 in the Caribbean, quite a lot less than Crawley. I think he had a top score of 31, 33, something like that. They were the flattest wickets I've ever seen. It won't get any easier, so I wouldn't stick with him. To be honest, I would, I would uh, pick Sibley and Robson, and I'd move Crawley to three. Crawley got a t- hundred. What two tests ago? Um, if you're talking about sticking with people, I, I don't know. I- You know, I I don't suppose the the key Crawley relationship, which is obviously sort of quite paternal, is particularly relevant. I'm I'm sure Rob will be um, strong on that score. don't think there'll be an issue. But I would stick with him because I think his ceiling is very high. Anderson getting root, I mean, that's obviously a huge moment. I was lucky enough to speak to Jimmy Anderson yesterday. And, you know, he was revelling it. He said he didn't say anything because, you know, he didn't really need to. There were two stumps on the floor. Um, But he did also admit that he had watched the ball back on quite a few occasions. And why (laughs) wouldn't you? It's an absolute beauty. Uh, You know, it's beaten one of the best batters in the world through the gate. It's absolutely fantastic. So that was a big moment. But I do think they've got some decisions to make. I don't know. I I don't want to say the same old, same old. But do they stick with um, Broad, or say, and Craig Overton, who absolutely, you know, Craig Overton has probably earned his uh, place if he's fit. Uh, or do they go a bit bolder and look at Jamie Overton and Parkinson? And I think Potts is almost a dead cert to be in the squad at this stage. He's got almost twice as many wickets as anyone else. Um, I think we've got to be realistic about what you expect from him, but uh, he's absolutely deserved it. I would be uh, inclined to go for Jamie Overton. He's a funny cricketer in a way. You could put a highlights package of JB Overton together and he looks like a world beater. The problem with highlights packages, they don't show the crap, do they? And he's never going to be a guy who bowls you 10 overs for 10 runs. That's not his skill. But I I believe he's been timed at 90 this season. He does swing the ball and he can bat. I know you're picking him as a bowler, but he can bat. So while uh, 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 an early June pitch at Lord's may not be absolutely ideal for Jamie Overton, if you were looking to the future at all, and I always think it's a balance, I I would at least have him in the squad uh, with a view to looking at what's happening in you know Karachi or whatever down the track, because um, if you go to Karachi with Broad and Anderson and uh, Craig Overton, you know you're going to be in the field a long time. So we might have to to look at a, a few new things. And the other thing is, I think they're going to stick with Leach ahead of Parkinson. I, I don't really see that Parkinson could have done any more, and I think you can squeeze him in, particularly if you've got Jamie Overton at eight because he can bat. You. What do you think, Harley? Do I hear you disagreeing with me?
6: No, no, I'm not disagreeing. I, I, I when you come we, I was gonna jump in when you at your first point with the McCullum left field, he not done director, one test from Stokes. And this great, exciting, yeah, dynamic, all this these sort of positive words about yeah, you know, the England coaching setup that they come sort of come out of nowhere. And then I'm thinking yeah, that's great, but we're going to pick four 78-mile-an-hour bowlers. You can't have a dynamic, exciting, free-flowing team with four 78-mile-an-hour bowlers. So England needs something different. And if Leach is going to play, which by all accounts he is, then you have to pick somebody fast, somebody that's all over the shop, somebody like what I was when I first went into the, into the group because you're going to need something. I think Potts has got a better radar, but possibly not as quick as Jeremy. Jimmy's all over the shop and bowled 90 mile an hour and he's fit enough to bowl 90 mile an hour for a day and a half. Then I pick him because the simple fact is I need something different. I go with, I go with Broad over Robinson every day of the week because as much as that's not looking forward, one's got unbelievable standards and the other one's standards are about as low as a snake's belly at this minute in time. And doesn't look as though he's anywhere near in shape form to play test match cricket. So I think there is a, is, is a fine balance between what the balance of the squad and the side will make up. But I think we need somebody fast if we're going to play Jack Leach. And when you look at what there is around, we've got a hell of a lot. I want to question, I want to question the sort of, the, not so much the medical team, but what is going on with our fast bowlers? Zaki, my mood's gone down again. We've got Ollie Stone, Mark Wood, Jofra Archer, Matt Fisher... Norwell
4: as well. I mean, Norwell. it's not
6: just the first string, it's the well. second string and third string, but they're all injured. These are the ones, when you got the Karachi, we're going to need. And these are the ones, them five, near six names I've just mentioned. They're, they're the ones, if Brendan McCullum comes in, we're going to play this sort of, you know, we're going to play some, some positive cricket. Ben Stokes saying the same, Rob Key saying the same. They're the ones I'm going, yeah, right, perfect. We'll build our team around this lot as opposed to having to go with four, seventy-eight mile 70-mile-an-hour bowlers.
2: So what are they doing now? Do you think, Harmy, that is leading to these stress fractures and back problems that they weren't doing 10, 15, 20 years ago, or is it just one of those things you know, that happens?
6: You don't want my opinion on this because everybody just says I'm an idiot when I see it. They don't bowl enough. You don't bowl enough. It's as simple as that. The one thing that gets you fit and strong and you know, consistent from an action point of view... Is by bowling. But being in the red zone, oh, no, he can't bowl. He can't bowl today. He can only bowl 10 balls. He can only bowl 20 balls. Being in the red zone for such a long period of time, I'm not going to swear. It's nonsense. You've got to bowl. The only way you can get fit for bowling is by bowling. The minute you stop bowling or the minute you have time off, everything else in your body becomes suspect to an injury because bowling fast is such a unique thing. Who on, earth told a fastball, who on earth told a kid, a fifteen-year-old, you've got to run as fast as you can, throw yourself up in the air and land as you know, as hard as you can on the ground, and then do that, do that for sixteen, twenty overs a day for the next three days? You're know, talking about health and safety. It's madness. But the only way you can get fit and strong for it is by doing it. And unfortunately, we've got too many idiots who have been these PhDs and sports science and all that stuff and they go, oh no, you're bowling too much today, you're bowling too much today what happens? Anybody above 80 mile an hour because it's a hard thing to do gets injured madness, absolute madness an amazing
4: stat an amazing stat I I, I mean, so Harmy is, is a very interesting example he is the only England specialist bowler I just want to find this, I've just written a piece about it but it hasn't been Published just yet. He is the only specialist England fast bowler to have played twenty-five Tests. Who's born in birth quarter one? So your birthday is is fairly early in the academic year. Is that right, Harmy? Yeah, October. Okay. In yeah. the last twenty years, yeah, Steve Harmison is the only bowler to be born in birth Q, uh, quarter one to play twenty-five Tests or more. Now, the, why would that be? Well, I, I would argue that it's probably because nearly every bowler who gets into the it's an advantage, obviously, to be strong physically at that age you get into the team you you get more coaching actually it turns out to be a disadvantage because everybody gets into the team and gets specialist coaching is broken by the time they become a professional so only only by avoiding the pathway system could you become a good <laughs> fast bowler in england i kid
6: you not that is a stunning stat who didn't play a great deal of sort of representative junior cricket did you not i didn't I went from Durham sixteen, Durham's in the seventeens, just playing two second team games for Durham, and then into Durham's first class side.
4: Okay, so I've got a paragraph in this piece. It may be that avoiding exposure to the pathway system provides bowlers with the best chance of
6: progressing. <laughs> what are we doing? I, but also, it comes, down, it comes down to George. It comes down to And an ECB used to go ballistic, and I mean they used to send messages to Durham all the time. And I must admit, at times, I was looking over to my captain, who was five foot five, mustache, Australian, who didn't really care about anything, in England. And I'd be I'd be into my ninth over as an eighteen year old, fast bowler, going, Is he awake there? I'm Booney <laughs> waving at him. Booney, I'm still bowling. Booney, I'm still <laughs> bowling. And I tell you what, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I'd bowl ten overs off the real eleven overs, and he just keep me going, keep me going. All he did was he learnt me how to bowl fast. He learnt me how to bowl overs and consistently bowl overs. At the start of the season, he took me blue kit offers at the photo court as an 18-year-old and he said, you will not need that. He says, I'll play somebody out of the league if we've not got another player, not enough players, but you'll play 16 first-class matches and that's all you'll play. And That, that was right at the very start of the season. He did that to me for, for nearly two years. And there was times where I'm like, Booney, I'm still bowling here. Yeah, yeah, carry on. And uh, honestly, the, the ECB would go mental. That was under 19, they would go mental. And I still think, I steer this to this, to this day. That was the best thing that ever happened to me, because I learned how to bowl overs.
4: Well, it's fascinating stuff, because we have whole departments at the ECB dedicated to forward planning and all these things, and yet they're still reliant. So the on a guy who's about to be 40 for their fast bowling. <laughs> It is, honestly, it's cataclysmic. You can't tell me that this is competent.
6: Yeah. Our two best bowlers know how to bowl yeah. and know their bodies and know what they're going to do. And everybody questioned at the start, well, we've got seven championship games. They're going to play it. Brody came out. I'm not playing seven championship games. I know many overs. I need to get to the first test and I'll be ready. And we, oh, don't get me, starved. I'll go back into it. Keep going.
2: Next. Okay. Look, I'm throwing, I'm throwing out the template. We've done like 35 minutes, just one section. That was a great,
5: that was a great don't get me started after 10 minutes on the subject.
2: <laughs> that is harmy, harmy to a T. Um, okay, well, look, it is a bit of a weird show because the squad has been announced or will have been announced by the time you watch or listen to this. We don't know what the squad is, but let's just have a little look at the runners and riders. Uh, that conversation we've just had should be in the next section, but forget about it. Let's go to the Race to Lords. making work make sense. LinkedIn knows how.
1: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
2: Mr. Bracey and uh, that was a good decision because neither of them scored any runs uh, let's just let's rattle through this because of course this is slightly less relevant for the show because the squad has already been announced uh, and as I say we don't know about it there was some uh, some scores of note though Joe Root yes did lose off and middle but not. Uh, let's not forget he did hit a maximum 147 in the first innings against uh, Jimmy Anderson so I think that's honours even uh, if truth be told. Ben Stokes weighed in with 82. Ollie Pope, Ben Folkes, and Sam Curran all scored scores for Surrey. Rory Burns didn't know. Uh, that brilliant second-inning century from Sam Robson, uh, saving the match for Middlesex against uh, Nottinghamshire. Um, let's have a look at Yorkshire. Harry Brook, we're expecting him to be in the 17. 41 and 82 not out. David Milan, two scores of 23. Will he be in there? Uh, Alex Lees, I expect, will be in there. 44 and 61. I mean, look, if we are using the county championship, Lees should be in there and so should Ben folks. But I wonder whether it'll be who gets the gloves. We'll talk about that in a second. But Hannan didn't score any. He got two. Parkinson, four for 19, two for 53. Could be in the squad, but we are expecting Jack Leach who uh, weighed in with some wickets this week as well. 5 for 49 and 3 for 41 against Gloucestershire. Craig Overton, not for 57 and 2 for 28 against the same opponents. Uh, Anderson, we mentioned, 1 for 83 and 2 for 17 against Yorkshire. Stuart Broad, 3, three for 39, 0 for 24 against Middlesex. Zach C- Crawley, 17 and 35 against Surrey. George DeBell, who do you think will take the gloves for England and folks,
4: uh, and, and there are several reasons for that. I mean, you're sort of asking me what I'd do and sort of asking me what I think. But I think it's the same answer. I think that the, the guys who have been to the IPL need some time off for their own good. Just, you know, just to allow them to refresh. They've been allowed to go, so there's no criticism implied there. It's absolutely not unreasonable to to, to be suggesting that Johnny Bairstow comes back. Uh, he's looked good on uh, at the IPL. It looks like he's lost a bit of weight, doesn't he? He looks fit. You know he's obviously a terrific batter. Seven is his place. Uh, I mean he's a, a monster at seven. His keeping by the time they gave up on him had become, you know, really fine. He'd worked really, really hard. Uh, Folks is a better keeper though, and I think Folks is a, a good batter. So I would stick with Folks. I think he's uh, going to make a difference in some games. Uh, and I certainly wouldn't go back to Jos Butler. He's playing again. He's played like a god, isn't he, in, in, in Whitepool cricket at the moment. I would allow him to do that, to be free, to be magnificent in that and not try and make him something that I just don't think he is. Which is, a, uh, I don't think he is a Red Bull cricketer. Just, it, we've tried that. Lord, they've really, really tried. So move on from that. And uh, uh, Specialisation is no bad thing. Uh, you know. Equally, you could say Liam Livingstone, if he wanted to play test cricket, he'd walk in, wouldn't he? I mean, he looks fantastic. Be able to bowl off and leggies as well, That that would be valuable. But maybe we'll never find out. But anyway, to, to answer the question, I think uh, it will be Folks, and I think it should be Folks.
2: Uh, Harmy, your thoughts on the same question? Um, and if it is Folks at seven, if it's Folks at seven, does Besto play at five, or does Besto get dropped again? I find it very,
6: very hard to drop Johnny Besto. I've got to find a place in the side. Ben and ben, the last two hundreds that England have scored, I think. Well,
2: rested, Jones. rested, Harmy, rested. Yeah,
6: I could check that. I could take that, but I think they're just kicking a can down the road, and then you're giving, not false yeah. hope, but message that you're sending. I will come on a, a, a little bit left field. I'd really have a serious consideration of sitting Ollie Pope down and saying, well, I mean Harry Brook is getting in the side at five, Root at four, Stokes at six. Where you know you're not gonna, you're not sort of fitting into that because he's played better than you so far. I want you in my side. Have you thought about maybe he's playing as a wicketkeeper batsman and turning yourself into a wicketkeeper keeper batsman because he can do the deacon keep and we'll we'll put up with your know, your development as a keeper to get you in the side at number seven the Ben folks one for me as much as I do like Ben folks as a keeper, has he got enough runs? can he get in me enough runs because I have got four number tens coming in from eight down? I shouldn't be thinking that and picking aside that. If Ben Folk's bats at seven with a Leech Potts Broad Anderson bowling unit, if I'm New Zealand, I'm thinking we get Ben we get Ben Ben Stokes and we could we could roll these over in no time at all. And I think you've got to look at the balance of the side and in, in that. So that that for me, Johnny Besto plays and plays at number seven because I think as much as he might need a rest, I actually need to win or not lose cricket matches at the start of the season, the new tenureship, and I think we need our number seven that's to score hundreds and that would be best though.
2: Nick, if you look at that that team that played against West Indies in Granada, I had to look it up because I couldn't even remember who was in it. But essentially, I'll, I'll tell you who it was. Crawley and Lees, Root at three, Lawrence at four, Stokes, Bairstow, Folkes, Wokes, Overton, Leach and Mahmood. Now, it could be that Zach Crawley's batted himself out of the team. Dan Lawrence, injury, he's out the team. besto we're not sure. He might be out the team or he might take Folk's position. Wokes is injured, he won't play. Mahmoud's injured, he won't play. Leach will play. Overton probably won't play. One of them, Sir, one of them will play. Cra-
5: and Overton will play.
2: Cra- yeah, and Overton will play. But cra- essentially, you're not going to be playing Overton, Broad and Anderson, are you? But is there a danger here that... We're going to bypass the county championship again, or do you think that it's actually going to play a part in what the selectors are, are thinking?
5: Well, I mean, it's certainly going to play a part because if the side you run out there, I mean, only four of them are likely to play, really, aren't they? So, and then, and then that's and then you've got Johnny. Whether you, I think I agree with George and Johnny. I mean, I, I wouldn't have a problem with them saying just take a couple of weeks off, but I think that's also partly on the player. And but as I said, I would, I would want Johnny Best to stay playing and keeping if he's around in the country, fits, available, etc. I don't think they will bypass it because I think as fate has had it, I think most of the players who are expected to do well in the county championship with a view to playing for England have have done well. You know, whether that's, whether that was Dom Sibley after his winter away, whether that was Oli Pope, the runs he scored, whether it's Harry, Harry Brooke. I mean, I think Brook's been, Brooke, been touted for this, for this summer. I mean, sorry, for a summer like this for years, despite his sort of still fairly mediocre first class record. I mean, People have said for years that he's a very talented player. Isn't that nineteen squad in twenty eighteen, I think it was in down in New Zealand. Um, you know, he's he's been on the pathway, people have said he can play. So I don't necessarily think I don't I don't I, I really I honestly think the only player who may well come into selection and let's exclude exclude here, the guy who's been in the IPL. The only guy who's been playing the championship who I think may well come into selection for this team who've not who's not put up the numbers in the first month of the season is Crawley. And you know, there's a fascination with Crawley. I guess that goes back to the double ton, and obviously the, the hundred more recently. As George said, they've seen his ceiling. And I think, and I, I understand the fascination with with his ceiling. You know, he's not many guys have got. You know, forget forget, forget that it was his first double ton for England or his first ton for England. Not many blokes have got double tons for England anyway. You know, it's he got a double ton for England. It's a very good attack, albeit on a very good wicket, albeit behind closed doors. So, but there's obviously a high ceiling, in there and they like that. So I I, I think I would I, I genuinely would understand. If he played, I don't think I'd, it's not what I would do. There, I think they're better... More, more than anything, for his own sake, I think, I think English cricket can help its batters so much if they pick guys who are in form. You know, the number of times you pick guys for the winter on the back of a summer when they've not played a game for three months in the intervening time and then get surprised when they can't knock off another time. Like, it's... You know, if you're not going to pick Harry Brook now or, or Sam Robson now, or um, probably those two particularly, or, or even Milan, you know, if you're not going to pick those three guys now, you know when, especially you know when are you going to pick him? You know when are you going to pick him that that would put that would stand them in better stead You know in, in international cricket, you don't want to come into an international cricket against Trent Bolt and Tim Southey not knowing where your off stump is, and that is sort of where Crawley is at the moment. You want to come in, especially with this new era, with England England on a terrible run. You want to come in knowing knowing that your game is in a good place. It almost wouldn't be fair on Crawley, you know to to you know knowing the scrutiny if he doesn't get runs immediately. He plays in a team at Kent where Ben Compton scored a million runs. Daniel badrum has got a couple, t- couple of hundreds. You know, he's not even the top batter at his county at the moment. And and Kent, bloody hell, Kent have played on some flat ones this season. I think there have been 20 plus hundreds in their games. So, and I, no, I, I, don't, I'm a, I don't, to answer your question, I'm not massively concerned by it because I do think most of the guys who are going to come into contention one way or another are, are guys who have performed in the first weeks of the season. I think Crawley is likely the only one Say other than Berst- other than Bester, who who has played and has not looked like someone who who probably should be in contention based on their on their domestic performances. But um, but yeah, yeah, if they're gonna. You know you read that team out there. You know, there are gonna be changes one way or another because because more than anything else, frankly, just, they just they don't have the bodies otherwise. Like they um, and I think it is time to be excited. By you know, it's a new era. You know, we won't know until June second whether it's gonna be, you know, whether how it's how that team shapes up. But um, but it's quite exciting to have a you know you know, on the back of one with an 18 to have a completely fresh start, isn't it? So, yeah, I don't have a massive problem with that to answer, to answer the question. I think Crawley's probably the only one who fits into that category.
2: Another Red Bull reset. Guys, uh, time is against us. And then unless anyone's got another uh, very quick point to make, we can move on to uh, the mailbag. The mailbag. Okay, well, look, we had loads of questions in this week. I've got a question here. Well, for all three of you, actually. Um, I'll start with you, Harmy. Sanoj at British Blackman says, when assessing players at England duty, is the difference between Division 1 cricket and Division 2 cricket taken into consideration enough? Bearing in mind, of course, we have spoken about the much-vaunted bowling attack that Nottinghamshire uh, possessed, coming up against a man that... I still can't quite work out whether Nick wants him in the team or doesn't. Uh, Sam Roberts, <laughs> I Robson... I do, I do. ...at Middlesex. But I understand if he wasn't. We're going to talk about how... It, this works, Nick. You've got to be strident in your opinion. It's black-white. <laughs> There's no in-between. No grey. Um, no nuance allowed. <laughs> exactly. No nuance allowed. That's our new podcast. So, And also, of course, we've also talked about Matty Potts. Harmy, I'll ask you the question. Do you think it is taken into consideration, consideration what division the, the, the players are playing in? Yeah, I think there'll
6: be some consideration of it's not so much Division One, Division Two. It's two of these players getting the runs against. You know, Joe Root's has got 147 against Jimmy Anderson. Yeah, that's class going against class. Then Jimmy Anderson gets him out. So you look at that and you think our oh, two, great, two greatest assets uh, of the last sort of 10 years are actually in good, they're in good form. So they're, it doesn't matter whether that was first or second division, it's individuals. Ben Stokes, bowled in a bowling attack with bryden Kars, who will play for England by the end of the summer, if not in, definitely in Pakistan comes back for the first time, he's bowling along with Matty Potts, Chris Rushworth at Marnus Labushin, second best player in the world at this minute in time. So they're all in the second division along with the ridiculous bowling attack of Freedy at Middlesex and, and Broaden and, and and Pattinson at, at Not. So when I see that, you think, well, yeah, it's it's more who the, back, the score scoring the runs against rather than, sorry, what division they're in. So there'll be a little consideration. Also grounds that they're scoring the map, the sort of whole vibe and environment that you're making the runs in and the time you've you've got the runs in and, and how you've constructed your innings. Now you can see it on on YouTube, you have know, through the live streaming. Uh, everybody can see what's going on. So from selecting a team, I don't think you'd be picking anybody thinking, I'm taking a punt here, because you can see it, you can understand, you can feel the weather from a selection point of view. So, I don't think the first or second division's got a huge amount of to deal with it. It's more who's going against who and how they're going about doing their jobs and, and, and building the linens and scoring the, the, the centuries that they're scoring.
5: I think that's been helped this year as well because the lack of, you know, in, in inverted commas, result pitches, there have been, it's taken that one bit out of the equation, isn't it? So you've not necessarily had to look at the bowlers so much and say, you know, if, for example, Matty Potts has taken all his wickets at a time when Chris Rossworth hasn't taken many. And actually, normally, yeah, at this point in the summer, Rushworth would have the figure that that Potts has got, and you can almost look at Potts's figures and go, "Blimey, look at the guys who aren't taking wickets for Durham. He must be, he must be doing something right." In the same way that, yeah, and, and I, I, I mean, I've, I mean, just joked about nuance, and that's I think Harm completely right. Like, it's not about div one, it's div two or div two. It's almost just looking internally within those games, isn't it? You know, whether it's the Robson hundred, whether it's you know Somerset played a very depleted Gloucestershire team, for example, that that only that ended up without its captain as well last week. Green Van Buren went off with a shoulder, and Drew are missing about nine players. So, you know, you'd you, and you know, then you could look at North Northants, where everyone scored a hundred. So, it's not so much, you know, they, those those last two were Div one games. So, you'd say you probably got a better bearing on, you know, who's playing well, who's closer to England through watching Middlesex be nots than than you did watching, you know, a pretty ragtag Gloucester side with three low knees, three emergency low knees, missing Chris Dent, Nassim Shah, Muhammad Amir, Green Van Buren for half the game. Ben Charlesworth start of the season David Payne like you know they're missing their spine so if you without knocking Jack Leach things or anything you bowl very well I mean, and likewise without knocking Sam Haynes double hundred and stuff like that it's there is so much more nuance now I think than just saying div one or div two and I think that is a pretty healthy spot to be in
2: Brilliant stuff well look time is against us we will get more of your questions in the mailbag next week but uh, now it's time for one to watch one to watch. Okay, one to watch. Uh, let's have a quick look. My player didn't play again, and Steve Harmison is essentially um, his player is going to play for England. So there you go. There's a, a huge difference between my knowledge and his. Ed Pollack. Uh, he, he seems to get nice starts, and it hasn't really kicked on too much. And that's been the case again this week.
5: Yeah, but I don't really. I, I don't. Maybe maybe I misconstrued this this segment at the start of the season. I don't mind that. Um I wasn't saying i for England. No, no, I know um, but you then right. I was I was just quite intrigued. You he'd never played a Red Bull game before um i red never played a first class Red Bull game for, for a county at least. Um I've just quite enjoyed seeing the way he's gone. You know, that he made twenty three off eighteen in the first innings against against um it was against Durham, wasn't it? No, was it against Durham? It was against Durham it was against Derbyshire. It um was I've just quite enjoyed I've just quite enjoyed the fact that he's stayed true to his guns and he's not tried to be anything he's not been in the past. Obviously, he's sort of reigned it in slightly. He's not trying to slog sweep the first over over the leg side, but you know, he's still, if it's there to hit, he's hitting it, and it, and it worked. He's, it's worked with a hundred, and it's not worked in a couple of other games. And um, yeah, you know, I, I'm still just quite intrigued watching it and um, quite looking forward to actually asking about it at some point as well because um, he's very much learned on the fly.
2: Uh, Mason Crane did not play against Leicestershire. Um, Matt Potts. Well, we've already spoken about him, haven't we, Harmy? So let's finish the show uh, with a look at uh, the games that are going to be taking place. This is the last round of games before a little bit of a break. T Twenty cricket um, will be uh, taking over. Yorkshire against Warwickshire in Div One. Somerset against Hampshire. Somerset have turned things around a little bit, haven't they? Uh, Northants against Kent. Lancashire versus Essex. Harmy, what's your what's your match there? Yeah, maybe even it is Somerset versus Hampshire.
6: Yeah, some I think the Yorkshire Warwickshire game will be a I think that'll be a good game, especially when we find out who's actually in the squads. If Sibley gets in or doesn't get in, the other bone attack that Yorkshire have got be another good test if Sibley goes and gets runs against a very, very good Yorkshire attack at Henley, then he's he's given the, the selectors another nudge to say you should have picked me or um I'm I'm in good touch. You know, and getting runs against a, a good good attack, but that for me is the game of the game of next week.
2: Um, and Division Two, George Middlesex, Durham not against Derbyshire, so Derbyshire derby, and or Worcestershire versus Leicestershire. Not um, not Derby, the one that stands out from those three. Yeah, potentially, because
4: um, actually, although the squads going to have been picked, you know, there'll still be some stuff to play for, won't there? You know, you would think, think that Stuart Broad, for example, will. He will be in the in the, the larger squad, but I, I don't know that he's assured of a place right now. So people like him and um, maybe Ollie Robinson plays in the tour game as well uh, against New Zealand. Maybe they're competing for one spot. Okay, okay, Funny, going back to something you said just now, you know the context is always important. I think Broad took three wickets in that last game at Lords, but I think they were all tail-enders, were they? they, they, they in yeah. One end, eight, yeah. Literally yeah. 9 tailenders yeah, the- or something. Yeah, so, so I mean, th- that's not to have a go at him. He'll know his body better than anyone, but you know he, he, he will need to um, maybe feel he has another performance in him. So there's, there's loads of stuff to enjoy and watch. And I'll be up at Leeds watching uh, the Yorkshire-Warwickshire game. Yeah, really looking forward to it as ever.
2: Brilliant stuff. Well, look, thanks for your time, as always. Um, We will be back uh, this time next week for following on County Cricketer, uh, looking back at the last round of Championship Games, actually. Uh, What a couple of months it's been. Pleased to say we will be continuing. Uh, The focus will switch to T20 and 50 over stuff uh, before the County Championship comes up for uh, another couple of games at the end of June. We'll know who's won the race to Lords this time next week, so we'll be reflecting on that and uh, and casting our eye over the other big stories, there's been a, one big story a week. Just, just can, I, can I jump
4: in, John Just yep. two things. Firstly, to yep. wish you a happy birthday,
2: ah, nearly You old fella.
4: And two, just to say good, good, good thoughts from all of us really to Graham Thorpe and his family. Obviously, an yes. awful time. Uh, a yes. very nice, sweet-natured man. Everyone wishes him well, and we're yeah. thinking of him. We just, you know, don't know how much is appropriate to talk about, but definitely, we all wish him well.
2: Well, one of my absolute favourites growing up and uh, a man that I was, you know, really fortunate enough to work with um, on occasion. Back in 2008, actually, we shared a brilliant cab journey home from the Aegeus Bowl back to his house in Wimbledon and Thorpey just didn't... He just talked the entire way and I came out of the car and I was just... My head was in the clouds. So, big love to him and his family and also Andrew Simons, of course, who passed away this week in tragic circumstances and a, a guy that... Again, I've got amazing. We've all got amazing memories of, and of course played for four counties as well. So, yeah, sad times to suck for cricket, unfortunately continuing. But well said, George. Thanks for the birthday message, and uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. Well, that's it for another edition of Following On. Thanks uh, for listening, and if you ever have any ideas for guests or have questions for uh, the likes of Steve Harmison or Neil Manthorpe, feel free to tweet me at Fulham John or via at Cricket underscore ts and uh, either i or one of the team will make sure that your questions are read out uh, on the show at the earliest convenience also please take the time to leave a review and if you're already a subscriber then tell your mates to do the same and if you want more content from the likes of steve harmson then head over to his youtube channel and tell him i sent you thanks for listening to following on